Welcome to the Person and the Power podcast with Pastor Tim Johnson, as he invites us to cultivate a deep and profound relationship with the Holy Spirit of the living and loving God. After 25 years of ministry, Pastor Tim's desire is that all of us would experience both the Spirit's transformational intimacy and the supernatural activity in our daily lives. Now, here's Pastor Tim. So I know that bullying has taken on a whole different uh, definition, a whole different context in 2023 than it had in, let's say, 1970, when I was six years old. But I do remember the first time I was bullied in, I think, 1970. Six years old, I was in, uh, I guess I was in first grade. I think I just graduated from from, uh, kindergarten. And I was in first grade, even if I, I'm not even sure if I went to kindergarten. Back in the day, I don't know if kindergarten was actually mandatory. I'm not even sure if it's mandatory these days, but I know a lot of kids go to kindergarten now and then they move on to to first grade. I kind of, I'm kind of thinking back in my day that kindergarten was not um, necessary or mandatory. And therefore, I think he just went into first grade. Regardless, I was at Mulberry Helm uh, elementary school, Mulberry Helm, right down the street, uh, lived on Helm Street, and Mulberry Helm was on Helm Street. And I remember uh, clearly the day that I first experienced bullying. Now, maybe before that, I was bullied by my brothers or sisters. Who knows? But <laughs> you know, that was that's a whole different sibling buller, bullying is different than different than the bullying you get at school. And again, I do get it that today's bullying is very, very different and has a little bit more of a sadistic and and dark um, context to it and even consequence to it. So many people uh, bullied and uh, on cyberbullying and in different places and and they just, they're, you know, they end up, um, consequences aren't good. So again, I know bullying has evolved over the last few years but back in the day, six years old, it is recess or lunchtime or a combination of the two. But I do remember having a like a peanut butter sandwich and an apple in a brown paper sack in, in the sandbox at Mulberry Helm Elementary. And I remember sharing that lunch with, I want to say, my very, very first girlfriend. <laughs> and that was Amy Smith. So I think that's, I, I'm, I know what happened. I'm not 100% sure of all the details of how, as far as like who was with me, but I'm almost positive Amy Smith was with me. I'm trying to think of who else was there. There are probably other kids. I don't think we had a table for two at reserve dining at the sandbox at, the, uh, at recess and lunch at Mulberry Helm. Regardless, I'm, I know Amy was there. I was there eating peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and an apple. And along comes, now again, I'm going to use the first name. Uh, I may even use the last name because things ended up okay between me and Eddie. Eddie Wilkerson was my first bully, I guess. And I'm trying to remember, but I do know that during that lunch slash recess time, Somebody, and I'm pretty sure it was Eddie, <laughs> kicked sand, 
the proverbial kicking the sand, the the bigger guy kicking the sand on the skinny guy. Now, I, I don't think, I think it was reversed. I think he was skinnier than I was at the time. But regardless, I remember a peanut butter and jelly sand sandwich because I remember getting that sand kicked. I remember actually even crying because I got sand in my eyes. And I remember Amy Smith was there. And I remember we we kind of had a, the the, the moment was gone right whatever moment was gone whatever the whatever flame was there got snuffed out by the sand by being kicked by Eddie Wilkerson <laughs> so anyway so throughout now you've I've shared this before during my elementary days and middle school days even into some high school days I was not the most popular person I was actually in special ed classes at the time that's what they called them special ed classes I would be sent to the white trailers in the back of the school for speech therapy. I did not. I had speech impediment from being premature by two months. And so walking through that, I was also a pudgy little kid. I also, thanks to my dad, had a crew cut, had a uh, buzz cut. And I had a lot of styes. Remember Remember that? I've talked about this before, I think. But I had a lot of styes on my eyes. So a lot of my school pictures, I remember, I was on a happy camper. I looked pretty rough. And sometimes back in the day, they made you wear, or at least we were encouraged to wear, ties and blazers. You remember blazers? Anybody remember school blazers? So we would wear, so I would look, quote, nice, but I did not look nice because not only did I have a, a, a crop top haircut or a, a a buzz cut, but also had a sty on the eye, and I was not happy, and I didn't smile, I had a, so I had a frown on my face, and so here's this pudgy little sty-eyed, <laughs> buzz-cutted little kid who couldn't talk very well, so I don't know why people would bully me. Can you imagine? I can't imagine a thing. Why would, how would, no one has a reason to bully me, right? Oh my gosh, I had the top six things, you know? So, got bullied. I felt like I got bullied a lot in in elementary school and got made fun of and but fast forward to high school now I want to say my freshman year could been sophomore but it was either my freshman or my sophomore year this thing with Eddie uh, Eddie was a little bit of a bully in high school now if Eddie happens to listen to this podcast dude I love you Long forgiven you, and I think at the end of our high school life, we ended up being okay. I don't think we were best buds, but we were okay. But I, I, Eddie Wilkerson is that name for me and that person that represented the bullying that I encountered most of my high school life, most of my middle school life, and most of my elementary life. Now, I'm not sure, I'm not saying he was the only one who bullied, and heavens, heavens no. But I do remember this time in either freshman or sophomore, and I want to really lean into the freshman year. I think it was 15, I was 15 years old, because I think my dad was still alive. I'm pretty sure I had a conversation with dad one time in the garden. I'll get to that in just a second. So the, literally, this is like the proverbial bullying story. I'm being bullied at, at, in middle school, high school. I don't remember getting extorted. <laughs> for milk money. That was not, I don't remember that, but I do remember just being picked on and being made fun of and maybe even being messed with at lunch 
all the way back to first grade, right? All the way back to that hot date I had with Amy Smith in the sandbox. So, but I, I do remember those kind of bullying things and, and just feeling uh, scared. If I, if I, scared is maybe not the right word. I know that whenever I saw Eddie come in, I wanted to avoid him. So I'm, I really don't know if I was scared of him. I just didn't like being made fun of. Didn't like being picked on. Didn't like being bullied. No one does. And so I remember coming home one day, working in the garden with my dad. And I, I was telling him about Eddie again. And he finally said, you know, son, at some point, again, here's that proverbial bullying story. At some point, you're going to have to stand up to him. Bullies understand one language. And now at the time, if so I was 13 years old when I started losing a lot, a lot of weight. I think it was the summer of 12 to 13. The summer I turned 12 or the summer I turned 13, I dropped about 50 pounds. I was about 100 and I want to remember like 170, 180 pounds as a like a sixth grader or seventh grader. Uh, but then that year 13, I picked up boxing. My dad my dad was actually kind of tired of me being kind of overweight. I was tired of me being overweight. My doctor, Dr. Langley, was tired of me being weight. He he called me fat one day. He said, you're too fat, boy. You need to lose weight. <laughs> so back in the day, political correctness, not so much. So anyway, so I was just tired of it. And so I ended up that summer finding two things I liked more than um, just sitting around eating. And, and I liked I liked boxing and I found basketball. So I ended up liking dunking a basketball more than I like dunking a ho-ho in a glass of milk. Now, could I ever dunk? Uh, not well. I think I dunked a volleyball one time, and that was maybe one time. But we built ramps to dunk. Yeah, that was fun. That was safe. <laughs> that was safe. I remember uh, one time dunking. I held onto the rim too long. I tried to do a chocolate, you know, Daryl Dawkins, if you remember um, Daryl Dawkins kind of chocolate thunder, they called them when I would, uh, dunk and kind of do a pull up. And then unfortunately I, my legs were still a swinging. I let go. Gravity takes place and boom, you fall 10 feet <laughs> onto the pavement. So anyway, that wasn't the smartest thing, but Hey, ended up all of us were dunking because we had that ramp. So I lost a lot of weight age 13, I think. So by the time I'm 15 years old, Still being picked on. I'm no longer fat, no longer chubby. I'm probably 137, I think. If I remember, that's probably 127 or 137. That was my high school weight. So I was a skinny little kid and played, uh, play, I didn't play any, uh, I, want, I wanted to play football, but I couldn't, I, I didn't even think about, I mean, going out for football, I could catch. But at that time, our football team was pretty, pretty decent. And I don't think they needed a, uh, they needed more of a blocker then they needed uh, someone who could catch. So that was not me. Anyway, so I'm 15 years old, having had that bully talk with dad. And dad's saying, you know, you need to, there's only one language bullies understand. You got to bully them back. You got to stand up to them, son. So I determined at some point during the school year, pretty soon after that talk with, with, uh, with dad, I determined that I was going to Stand up to Eddie after what? How many years? Yeah, 10 years, 10 years of bullying. So I remember it clearly. I really do. It was after class or during class. Uh, I was 15 years old. Um, I 
I can visualize the classroom. I don't remember what class it was, but I do remember I do remember what classroom I was in. And I remember Eddie picking on me and and I said, "All right, dude, I said something to the effect of if you want to really solve this, I guess we're going to have to fight." And again, I had lost weight over the last couple of years. I had actually learned how to box. I had gotten, I guess, some confidence. But isn't it interesting? Even as much confidence, now this is going to play in, this is going to come in handy here in just a few minutes when we look at our verse. No matter how much confidence you may have, bullies tend to always have, I don't know, power over you, don't they? They just seem to have power over you. Even with the confidence, that, the newfound confidence you may have, bullies have a way of going back into the recesses of time and making you that weakling again, don't they? So I had obviously some newfound confidence, but Eddie was still the bully. So I said, Let's, I'll meet you behind the football field. There's a, there's a field behind the football field. I'll meet you after school and we'll settle this once and for all. And so seriously, I mean, like the, this is like the proverbial story. I've said that a couple of times, but this really is that proverbial bully story. So after school, nervous as all get out. I mean, but I had a, a little bit of my entourage. My entourage. Uh, not, not that, again, I wasn't real popular. So, but everybody, there's a lot of folks who had heard, we're going to fight. There's going to be a fight. There's going to be a fight. Remember that, how that used to kind of, yeah. So there are a few people there. I had two or three people in my corner, right? And I get there, Eddie's not there yet. And everyone's like, are you going to fight him? Are you going to fight him, Tim? And they, I think they called me Timmy. But I said, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm going to, this thing's got to end, right? This thing's got to end. So sure enough, I'm there, um, getting ready, prepared and all that, trying to be <laughs> mentally and prepared as best as I could, emotionally prepared. Eddie doesn't show up. I mean, we're waiting and waiting and waiting. I think we waited there at least half hour, maybe 40 minutes. He never showed up. I went home. Now, there's kind of a, I don't know, a, a victory to that, but also knowing that tomorrow I'm going to probably see Eddie, and we still hadn't settled anything, right? So, but the next day, I get to class, I get to school, and I actually see him. I come up to him and said, so, where were you, Eddie? And you could almost see, he kind of ducked his head and kind of diverted his eyes, and he said, I, I, I had to, he kind of stammered and stuttered something like, I had to go home. I had to go home. And at that moment, friends, at that moment, I realized he was scared. He was scared to meet me on the field of settling things, on the field of conquest, on the field of bullying is going to end. And I just felt this sense of, and I, I can tell you, I can never, there's never another moment that I remember Eddie bullying me. Oh, he was a cut up and he was, you know, I think not a, I didn't necessarily care for him in high school. And again, I, I love the man now and don't have no grudges against him and hope and pray he's doing really quite well. I hope he does actually hear this. I love you, Eddie. Uh, so, but brings us to the verse, verse 31. Romans 8, verse 31. And again, throughout this beautiful chapter, without, throughout all three chapters, 6, 7, and 8 in Romans, there are some poster board, billboard, magnet, 
a bookmark, put on the refrigerator type of verses, right? The ones that we've remembered, the ones that we've really kind of have spoken into our lives. And here's one that's got to be up at the top of the list, right? Verse 31, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? So the wonderful things is basically the whole list of things that were happening in Romans 8, that We've been adopted as a child of God. We're filled with His Spirit. We get to we, we the, the resurrected power of Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in us. That even though the world is groaning, we are going to have resurrected bodies. Um, that the Spirit is pleading for us, interceding for us. I mean, all these things we've talked about over the last several weeks. All those things are wonderful things, right? Wonderful, beautiful things. Correct. What can we say? I mean, he said, what shall we say about these wonderful things? Now, this is where the kicker comes in. Here's that twist. Listen to this, the second part of verse 31. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Come on. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? So here's this, all of a sudden, this, this twist in this, in, in this verse where we're talking about these wonderful things, and now Paul makes this assertion. If God's for us, who can be against us? Now, if you remember all the way back, uh, we didn't take a look at all of Romans. We've taken a look at Romans 6, 7, and 8 through these last several weeks uh, in this Person and Power podcast. But if you read, starting in verse 1, the first couple of chapters, actually, maybe all the way to chapters 1, 2, and 3 in Romans 1, 2, and 3, it doesn't sound... (laughs) like God is necessarily for us. You might even start believing that God would be against us because Romans 1, 2, and 3 sets this stage about sin and sets the stage for the fact that, that the wrath of God will come against the sin of the world. And so this is, this is pretty significant that Paul is, is still, as he's writing this letter, there's still this real sense that chapters 1, 2, and 3 are very, very real. And now in verses 6, 7, and 8, as he's laid out this incredible, uh, basically the reversal of 1, 2, and 3. 6, 7, and 8 are really the reversal of 1, 2, and 3. Take a look at those three chapters sometime and kind of compare and contrast 1, 2, 3, and 6, 7, and 8. Now, though, it is clear that God is for us. Not against us at all, but God is for us. Wow. And how could... We can't even doubt that God is for us if we really understand Romans 8, if we start really tearing apart and piecing apart and looking and parsing and and truly looking at all the things of chapter 8, there's no way, there's no way that we could even imagine, imagine that God would be against us. Uh, There's a quote, it's it's anonymous, I couldn't find really who said this, I'm going to read the quote, Uh, pretty good stuff here. Uh, about just this one passage, just this one verse, verse 31, it says this, Our weak hearts, prone to legalism and unbelief, receive these words with great difficulty. God be for us. Those are the words that we receive with great difficulty. God be for us. We have failed him, but he is for us. We are ignorant, but he is for us. We have not yet brought forth much fruit, but he is for us. Wow. I, that's a great quote, isn't it? So we don't have to like do something or earn something to make him be for us. God is for us because God is God. God is for us because God is for us. 
There is no reason. We can't earn that. Just like we can't earn anything else in God's eyes. We can't earn salvation. We can't earn mercy. We can't earn grace. We can't earn His for us. Now, be clear, and be clear, and let's make sure we're clear, because I, I think we can make sure that, that there, is a, there is a qualification for that. There is a qualification. Uh, I think of, unfortunately, um, terrorists. I think of folks who, are, who have committed horrible crimes over the years, horrible crimes against humanity and against the kingdom of God in the name of what? In the name of who? God. That God is for us, you know, God is with us, you know. And, and I think that, that there's a real clear understanding that God is for us, us who are reconciled to him through Jesus Christ. So I think that's the understood, right? When we are reconciled to him, this is the difference in Romans 1, 2, and 3, and Romans 6, 7, and 8. When we have been, Romans 6 is all about being reconciled with God. Romans 6 is all about sin. The sin that was explained in Romans 1, 2, and 3 is now looked at in Romans 6 as saying, the sin that was against you, the sin that that is, is so easily, uh, that, that it, it, the wages of sin is death, the sin that trips you up, the sin that the wrath of God is against. No, now, because we've been justified in Christ Jesus, now God is for us. Now, does that mean that God is against those who are not in Christ? Not necessarily, but those who are not accepting the free gift of salvation in Christ, aren't they against God? right? Aren't they making choices against the free gift of mercy and grace and love that God offers? So it's not so much that God's against them, it's they're against God. And so now that we've accepted this free gift of salvation, praise be to God, God is for us. And and so here's this connection in in the terms of bullying. You're going to read, we're going to read here in, in just a little bit later on as we get to the very end of chapter 8. And, and then I, I can't help but think of the last part of Romans, or I'm sorry, Hebrews 11. There's a lot of things worse than human bullies. And, and I don't say that to make any light or uh, uh, to make trivial human bullying. Because again, as I said at the beginning, I think bullying today has taken on a whole different context, a darker, darker turn than uh, when I was a kid and was bullied. But sometimes the bullies live in our minds. Sometimes the bullies live in our spirits and live in our hearts. Sometimes the bullies are, are what we just face in this world. Sometimes the bully is doubt and fear and unbelief. Sometimes the bully, and what, what Paul is setting us up here for, I think, is this incredible, beautiful, uh, climactic uh, end to this chapter where he's going to talk about, and I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us. Now, we'll get to that in a few weeks, but, but I think he's setting us up right here. What can we say about these things, these wonderful things? What, what can we say except, wow, praise God. And if God is for us, if God be for us, who can ever be against us? I, I survived Eddie Wilkerson, and, and again, I stood up to him, uh, and I think there was a place of that that I think we can learn as Christians where we do have to take a stand in some of these things that bully us today. And I'm talking about, again, more internal than anything else. I really do think we have to, to take a stand with Christ. Christ will, Jesus will give us all the power we need by the power of his Holy Spirit to withstand the assault 
that comes from within, correct? We, we, we know this, but don't we have to take hold of it? How many times? Take courage, take hold, uh, uh, hold fast. There's so many, stand, stand. After you've done everything, stand. I think there is, there is a time where we have to meet the bully in the field behind the football field. We have to make a date and say, I'll be there. How about you? And sometimes that bully doesn't even show up. And the next day you can look at that bully and you can see he's kind of scared. You can see now that bully has kind of been diffused. That bully has, well, the bullying power of the bully has been kind of unplugged. And it all comes down to if God be for you. Who can be against you? I want to encourage you. I really do want to encourage you. In this world still full of bullies, that God is for you. If you're reconciled in Christ, He's for you. If you're not reconciled in Christ, be reconciled in Christ because that's what God wants for your life. He's for you. He's not against you. This old world, hard. Bullies, they exist still today in flesh and in our minds and hearts. But take heart. If God be for you, who can be against you? Pastor Tim is the co-founder and teaching director of the Joshua Center, a leadership training ministry which provides deep biblical roots to great movements of God. He's also the senior pastor of Firmers Chapel, a country church by a creek, reaching 13 countries on four different continents for Jesus and his kingdom. Join us next time as we grow deeper in the person and the power.